Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to another edition of the Views from the Friend Zone podcast, quarantine style. We all social distancing. A lot of y'all done lost that damn mind this weekend because they opened up everybody on top of each other, dubs, all crazy stuff. But me, I'm keeping my distance. As always, it's your boy Real Talk Mall, who I got in the building with me. Open shirt poppy. What up, y'all? It's your boy Clip Rock now. Yes. We're definitely showing you the, the beauty of technology. You see Clifford has an open space where he's at. Mike's drinking a beer somewhere, you know, <laughs> private. And yeah, I'm, I'm still in my, my room, you know. But how y'all feeling, man? How y'all feeling so far with all the, uh, the opening stuff back up a little bit? Um, I heard. Go ahead, Cliff. No, I mean, honestly, yesterday and today been the um, – the first time I was really outside, outside, like, um, I've been going to Van Cortland Park. I mean, I'm actually in the park right now with my daughter. Basically, everybody's social distancing, and we're chilling in the field, and we're doing a picnic. But besides yesterday and today, since it got nice, I haven't been outside really much. But I feel, I feel good. I mean, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of weird seeing everybody wear masks everywhere, <laughs> everywhere you go. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just thankful, you know? Thankful you just to that, Cliff. Huh? I was about to say that. Where's your you mask at? Oh, I'm not. I don't have a mask on right now because I'm doing the video, but it's around. I got it right here. Look. All right. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> don't don't let us get you sick for doing the show. You know what I'm saying? Be no, no, I, ain't, I ain't around nobody right now, but I got the mask around. Okay. What about you? Like, I went outside for the first time in two weeks yesterday, but you know, I still got a little PTSD. You know, I kind of was staying away from people. I went in, I came back out. I, I went out, came back in. You know what I'm saying? I'm keeping my space. What about mm-hmm. you, Mike? Well, you know, I can't stay inside. I'm yeah. one of those niggas that then don't listen like that. But I've been keeping my social distance. Whenever I go outside, I have my mask on. You know, time to time I wear the gloves or whatever. You know, I'm not um, really contacting with anybody. I just in the car where I got to go, back to the car, back home. Um, but well, that's it. I ain't been going crazy with it. But I heard since they opened up Georgia, thousand a thousand new cases, a thousand new cases. Test, test, test dummies. Yo, we hard headed, man. The earth, the earth is trying to purge us, and we just, we just, we just accepting the invite. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But anyway, I'm gonna uh, jump right into it. We're gonna talk about something we talked about in the past, but. You know, more and more so how things are changing, dynamics are changing. We got to revisit creating your own table, right? Mm-hmm. Always cry for a seat at the table. But more and more, we realize how we have to be innovative now that, you know, we can create our own table. We create our own distributions. Like so many people, you know, shout out to everybody who podcasting. There's like a million podcasts now. Clifford sent me an article, uh, I think two days ago about Gilly, Gilly the Kid and Wallow 267, Barstool gave them this big distribution deal to do, you know, to take their podcast from what they were doing in their studio to broadcast on their um, website. You know, I always, oh, talk, wow. I always talk about the use of the friends going on complex, you know, digitally and stuff. But I say that to say, you know, people are creating their own opportunities, you know, and, and I think that's a beautiful thing. I think that the... the Having technology, internet, having, you know, mobile phones, video cameras, doing your own thing. You have the right skills. You could, you know, create your own show, 
and, and create your own table. So we just like let's further have that discussion. So with the internet and several ways of being able to direct the consumer, should we focus more on creating our own table, or should we still wait the opportunity? What do you guys think? Um, definitely, this. I mean, I think a lot of times before even Corona happened, a lot of people were doing things independently, and a lot of people were taking the initiative to get their stuff off the ground themselves. You know, it's not always um, possible. You know, sometimes you need that backing. But nowadays, with technology and what all the resources we do have, you know, you can make things happen pretty much yourself. Like, um, and it even goes back to you know rappers that got their name starting on YouTube, you know, they got their stuff out there. They didn't need an A and R, you know, to push their projects and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So it's the same in this podcast game. It's the same in, you know, even other businesses. Like if you can make it happen yourself, that's the way to go, you know, and, and with the shutdown and everything, it's even more um, prevalent because you can't get outside like that. So you can call people on the phone and make moves on the internet and stuff. But um, ultimately, you gotta make it happen. You know what I'm saying? Everything is at your fingertips right now. So why not do it that way? Yeah. Like Cliff, Cliff um always pointed pointed out to me how there's a rapper that a lot of people know who was in the news a couple of weeks ago, MB Young Boy. He makes like what a million dollars a month off of YouTube alone? Yeah, he made he makes I was he wondering makes, how this nigga make money. He makes seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars every month off YouTube. Almost a million dollars just off his YouTube. YouTube? Off YouTube. Yeah, Cause his subscribership and his, his views and stuff like that, you know. So, my man don't even have to tour. Like right now, touring is shutting down, and he still got that kind of chicken coming in because of his YouTube revenue. You know, there's a there's a young. I'm gonna get your point in, Clifford. I just want to say one thing real quick. Yeah, there's yeah. A, there's a young seven year old boy who like reviews uh, TV, oh, uh, nice. toys and stuff like that. I think he makes anywhere between twelve to twenty million dollars a year. <laughs> okay. But so you know, when he, his last year, he's good for the rest of his life, unless he gets a drug <laughs> problem or his parents are jerking him. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's true. What were you gonna say, Cliff? No, I, I feel like you know, um, especially with 2020 and um, the with the whole internet thing. Shout out to Soldier Boy because Soldier Boy was the blueprint. I really you uh, capitalized on the internet when when his first song came out and he went crazy with it. He took it where he didn't really need a label. He just provided. Sergio Boy was the first real rapper that really got real money off the internet like that. Because before, That's people true. wasn't getting money off the internet like that. Mm -hmm. And then after Soldier Boy, Joe Buttons had that. Joe Button started the podcast game heavy with him and Terry first. And then, you know, it's just, it's just so much you could capitalize right now. You don't really need too much people help when it comes to making money now. Like, and then. Um, another good thing about the internet and like having resources, you can watch videos and become a millionaire if you very in, in a couple months, six months to a year, if you know what you're doing. Yeah, you write the I, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm saying you watch the right video. You, I mean, when it comes to real estate, when it comes to stock, when it comes to just taking advice from the right people, from good entrepreneurs, you can make it happen for yourself. You know, a lot of times we say we want to make it happen for ourselves, but we wait too long, and then time bypasses. Our nine to five hits us. You know, something comes up. You know, and then then we start for time, and then we realize we're stuck in the same place, and it's and it's a different year. I think also a lot of times uh, it's 
not necessarily having the direction, but just how hard it is. Like it is hard. It is very hard, you know, to, to gain followership, to like build an audience and things of that nature. But it's just like, yo, now more yeah. than any time. Let me just say this. Now more than any time, like, you know, while we was practicing this social distancing, it's a good time to like really be like, yo, I want outside open back up, I'm gonna hit him with this. Or you know, use that time, like I would say, you know. There's a lot of good shows out there, but at the same time, we got to use that same kind of energy pouring into our dreams. There's a big saying that they, your job pays you to forget about your dream. So while you're working at home, you could have still attended meetings, but now you're at home, you could also work on your side hustle crazy. This is this is that's the, season. That's the thing. There's, there's nothing that can replace the uh, social interactions and you know networking with people. Networking is always the best way to, I think, progress in any field faster. You know what I'm saying? The more people you know, the more of the right people you know, the faster you know you can get access to things that you need to get everything off the ground. But at the same time, as we've seen, it's not impossible to do it without those type of connections. You know what I mean? It just might take a little longer. You might have to work a little harder, but um, it's possible. So, yeah, make it it, it's definitely possible. Wallow267, I follow him on IG. He did 20 years in jail. He said he used to practice interviewing himself and doing the little shit, stuff he doing interview while he was in the cell. I watch me, uh, I watch a podcast every, every, um, every week on YouTube when the video come up. He said he did 20 years. And now if you, if you look, whatever, he, he, his net worth is close to a million dollars. And he just be doing YouTube video. He go around. He said it's just a matter of how hard you hustle. A lot yeah. of times, it's true though. A lot of times we make excuses, but sometimes we don't have. It's it's not easy to be like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna do it that or whatever. Too. It's just hard hustle. If a man did 20 years down and came back and hit people like that, it's possible. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and you know what? You, you make a good point. And also, you know, not to take away from him, but you know, having the association with Gilly. Gilly was still out there and stuff like that allowed him to transition from from being inside straight to having you know his own thing. But now Wallow's known on his own, even without the you know the Gilly Coast. You know what I'm saying? So like you said, it's right. It's 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 the grind. It's getting yourself out there. We're gonna move to the next question. Chance the rapper and other independent artists and small labels like QC. QC got you know Little Baby. They got um, Migos. They got Little Yachty. They got city girls, you know what I'm saying? And um, like, you know, independent label, you know, obviously anybody who know about Q, uh, uh, CEO, um, what's his name, Cliff? Oh. Be a young boy? No, the CEO oh. of QC. Um, he, is it? Q. Uh, Q. Q. And you know, every, people who know them know that, yeah, QP know that, you know, they was established in the street, but at the same time, savvy business people, and then you know, um, and like like Chance the Rapper, Chance the Rapper hasn't charged for one album yet, and he's a multi-millionaire, right? Because you know, merchandising shows, positioning himself the right way, endorsement deals, and he never charged for an album or mixtapes and free music. I think his last album is the first time he charged for something. So the bigger question is, is it a discipline or one to be a part of a bigger brand that holds us back, right? Because, like you know. Creating your own lane is tough, 
But there's a lot of people eating that way, but I still feel like we strive to be part of bigger situation. So is it a discipline thing or just wanting to be part of a bigger brand? I even started off saying that I wish our show could be elevated to the platform like Complex, but at the same time, we still have to work on building our own. So what do you guys think? I think it's a matter of, it's like I said before, it's easier when you got that big machine behind you, yeah. you know, and you're going to be exposed to more if you got that brand name already, that's already established backing you. You know, um, you can do it by yourself and you don't have to have that big machine, but you got to work harder. That's just a simple fact of it. It's going to be harder work, you know, um, independent artists. There's a reason why they get paid more, but they don't get the exposure. They're not as um, known as some of the other artists. It's just because they can't reach. Um, they, not that they can't, they don't reach as many audiences the same way um, somebody who's um, backed by a big company will reach, you know what I mean, on a frequent basis. So it, it's, it's a give and take. Like you're going to get more for the profits. And I'm thinking basically music-wise when I'm talking like this, but um, it, it transcends to other avenues of business as well. You're going to get more of the profits when you're doing more to work yourself, yeah, you know, or your team is much work. smaller. You got to wear more hats yeah. when you're independent. But at the same time, do. that's why you have to kind of learn, like even even doing the podcasting stuff, you know. I, I wasn't necessarily savvy with all of this stuff, but I just learned, you know, you cut the videos, you load to iTunes, you do a little marketing, you find out how you can get more viewership and stuff. It's a process, but you got to wear multi, multiple hats to like get things going. And obviously, there's so much more for me to learn, but it's just that, you know, it's wearing multiple hats and, and, this, and just trying. What do you think, Claire? Um, it definitely, but what both of y'all said, I think, I think is a hundred percent, but you know, I think it's just more of just a lot of times people want to be a big machine because it's easy work. It's e nobody, nobody want to do the research. Nobody wants to take the, take the tapes out of the trunk anymore. Those days are over. Do that work, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Nobody, nobody want to get it how Gucci man and all them, all them Houston artists. You can't though. Yeah, you can't. Nobody's can. buying CDs and stuff out of trunks anymore. You now, gotta I sell know. it online. I know, know, but what I'm saying is nobody wants to really do that. Everybody wants that big machine like Def Jam and and um who else? Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre's label. What's Dr. Dr. Dre label? Yeah. Um, Aftermath. 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 And scope. Everybody wants that big engine because they know they're gonna put a million dollars and they're gonna work your work your um, work for you. But you know, sometimes it's better to take the the hard route, and then like Koch, you know, a lot of people sign the Koch because you eat more for Koch when so when you're a decent artist and you put it out there. Even if you're selling fifty thousand dollars, I mean fifty thousand records, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It might not seem a lot, but you get but more. See, what, dudes, what dudes is doing now? They they putting their stuff. They starting out independent, right? They putting all that stuff out. They're building up their catalog. So then the big companies come to them and they have a bargaining chip, you know what I'm saying? Because it's more of a situation now where it's, I don't need you, you yeah. know what I'm saying? I got here by myself. Now, if you yeah. want me to come into what you're doing and help y'all make some money, we make some money together, you know, my price is going to be much higher than if I was just an artist who trying to find his way into the industry. So they just increasing their value that way. 
And at this point, people are just paying, right, for the infrastructure, the distribution, you know, the marketing things that are already established by the bigger people. So sometimes people want that quote-unquote crossover money. But like you said, sometimes, you know, it's, you sell some of your stuff. Like you, you, you kind of give up certain freedoms to do that kind of thing. So is it, you got to ask yourself, is it worth it? Is it, yeah. is it cool that I'm the king of the South instead of king of America? You know what I'm saying? A lot of times you're the king of the South. You've been eating, you a millionaire. And then that entice, like, yo, I want to be mentioned with Jay-Z or such and such. And I need that big crossover. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like we have to decide whether or not we're good enough with just feeding and eating, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of times artists have certain crowd crowds and, and audiences, but it's just like they they want to be bigger, quote unquote. But my thing about it is I think we need to more invest in our own thing than worrying about being bigger. Cause you could you could be doing your own thing and then you sign to a other label and then something happens and they're like, you know what? Shit. That label came across the next Justin Bieber. So all of a sudden, the energy they was going to put into you, they're not putting into such and such. As if since you're contractually stuck with them, you know what I'm saying? Now you got to wait till they decide to pick you up again. Look, look, look what, look what, look what, look what, look what, look what um. I was just thinking Megan the Stallion. What happened to Megan Stallion, right? She signed for um, um, Crawford, the baseball player, for 10 racks, right? A contract which she was happy with because she didn't, she, not saying she didn't want to do the work because I don't know her like that. I don't want to just put the narrative like I know her or or just uh, or uh, uh, treating her bad. But she signed with Jamal, Co I mean Crawford, baseball player for ten racks, right? He um she knew the contract. She read the contract. But she got popping crazy and whatever too. You know now she wants to be like, oh, oh, we gotta renegotiate my contract and all this whatever too. But. You, baby girl, you you sign what you're supposed to say. People understand. Once you sign to a big engine, no, no, no. they get forty percent. No, let's listen. They get it's just listen. like athletes. When you oh, no, you don't no, know no. you was gonna be as big as you was. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Mike. Forty, you um record labels take at least forty percent from you when you sign to a big label. At least forty percent or whatever. And she probably signed a three sixty deal. So whatever thing she did. That 10 racks was okay for her at the time when she wasn't born. Granted, she started doing backward moves here or there or whatever, but it's like, if you believe in yourself, you don't have to sign to nobody. You work it yourself. You might not never get on top that fast. He he had all, he had rap a lot behind him, so she blew up fast. Jay Prince and them was bumping mm -hmm. her joint all over. That's how she blew up fast. Nobody who knew who she was until she signed the corporate. That's what Jay Prince so said. The and then Jay-Z... With that whole thing, I understand what you're saying, and you're absolutely right. And that's the leverage that these companies have over new artists, new, young, hungry artists who just want to get in the game. But just like, you know, an athlete, right? They sign a contract with a team, right? It's based on what the team expects them to do. When they exceed expectations, right? Even though that contract is still in place, they're like, it's time to renegotiate. Because I've I've done above and beyond what it was expected of me, all right? And the team knows. They're like, okay, we could renegotiate or we could wait till your contract is up. But if they wait till the contract is up, they know it's going to be a lot harder to keep that player because now everybody yeah. sees what they can do. Yeah. You know what I'm Listen. saying? So they, they decide, okay, let's renegotiate now before the contract is up because I, I appreciate what you've done. We made a lot of money. Let's keep making a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? So let uh, 
it's a good segue to the next topic or the next question, right? Because you kind of brought up athletes. And we've noticed that uh, the NBA Development League has, you know, especially with the disappointment that a lot of athletes had because there was no March Madness. So they was able to use that kind of influence to get some of the top high school prospects to sign to the G League because that's guaranteed money coming into them. And they still can go to the NBA draft at the end of that year. They play in the G League to get drafted to the bigger team. So, so the, the, the question is, G League poaching to, um, the top players from the college, do you think that will change the game? I saw with Clifford, right, Clifford. Clifford, Clifford played uh, collegiate athletics. So what do you think? Yeah. About the whole D League, about um, the top athletes going to the D League? Yeah, do you think it's going to change the game? Um, I think it's gonna change the game um big time because you know what? Like, let's call a spade a spade. When you're a five-star recruit, and I and listen, I'm not dissing education because you go, oh, listen, you should get your education to further you in life, period. But when you're a five-star recruit and now they can offer up to five hundred thousand dollars, right? I think more. Yeah, up yes. to five hundred thousand dollars. They raised that That's amount. A, listen, it is no excuse anymore. If you can get five hundred thousand dollars and you can't make it work. Then it's something wrong with you. So I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna help everybody off, especially like the five-star recruits because now, now a lot of these kids in Alabama, the uh, Mississippi, you know, they they come from nothing, boy. It ain't like being in New York where you got a good job. These their parents is their parents is like you six ten. We're relying on you, man. We we've been working all our lives. So now they get the five hundred thousand dollars. They can take care of their family for a year. You know what I mean? And and help out with the bills or whatever. I, listen, let's call a spade a spade. If you got a six nine, six ten athlete and he's a five-star recruit, your family is counting on you. So you going to college and getting a free education is cool and all, but paying somebody five the D League coming to pay five hundred thousand dollars is gonna help athletes all across the board. I mean, it's gonna kill college, but you know, college ate a long time ago. Five five, five five yeah. five 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 five. Um, Fat Five was not getting no real money. Chris, um, Chris Robert took six hundred thirty thousand. They made over, over close to a half a billion dollars while Chris Webber and the Fat Five was there in school. And then they were they Chris, they. Chris. Find, hmm? Hold on, you see what college did though? College tried to counteract this that's by the next, now allows the next, players. That's the next question. That's... To get paid no, off their likeness. I'm 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 gonna it up. I think the D League is gonna play a big role. It's gonna help these high athlete finances, and and, and it's gonna it's gonna help um, sports all across the board when it comes to um, dealing with the NBA and also kids going to college. Whatever kids the kids are not gonna go to college anymore. If I could go play one year in the D League and get five hundred thousand dollars, play with guys right under the NBA, I'm gonna go do it. Cause even when I'm even when I'm seventy five, I could go get go get my college degree. There's no yeah. limit to education. And not not only that, obviously it's only gonna be like five, a good five to seven that gets that five hundred thousand, but it's tiered. Maybe the top top five, top ten get five hundred thousand. Then under that, if you're the top twenty, you get like one fifty. And under that, you get like seventy-five. Which is still think about it. You get a college degree, you go out to work, you're lucky if you get a fifty thousand dollar job, let alone a seventy-five. 150 listening with after one year you know what i'm saying and think about it, some of these kids parents don't make fifty thousand dollars yeah, yeah. What, what they're doing 
what what they're doing um that with college so to speak some are still going not a some but a lot are still going to go to college for two reasons um they want that connection you know what i mean even when you go to the league you want to say i went to so-and-so university you know blah 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 some people just want that college experience as well yeah. you know even if it is just for one year um not in football they, they got it locked where you can't even get drafted unless you play three years yeah. in football so well, yeah, football the NBA, you're right but then again with with, with the with the nba and, and them doing the g league and this paying the, the players now it's going to depend on like you said if there's a player who coming from nothing he ain't got much you know what i mean as opposed to there's some talented dudes that have well-to-do families and their family you know might always expected them to go to college you know what I'm saying? They're gonna say, "Well, you're not hard up for nothing. You know, we still providing what you need and everything like that. So go to college, and if you just only want to do one year, that's fine. But they may not be so inclined to just say, "Hey, I'm gonna jump into the G, G League and play whatever," because college is still, though you're not getting paid, it's still a great advertising tool. Like your name is getting out there, especially if you're good, you will be known but, before you even get well, to let, me, let me let me tell you how, how crazy. G could League be is who's watching G League basketball? No, but let me let me let me tell you how crazy it could be though. The, the why college college sometimes don't benefit. You a five star e athlete, whatever. Boom, you signed the Louisville, you signed the Duke. Rick Pitino and Coach K is either their way or the highway, unless you unless you Kyrie Irving or that kind of dude where they know you're gonna do whatever too. Sometimes you're a five-star recruit. You come into that program, and the coach realizes, hold on, I don't like this kid. Now you went from you was going to be a top-ten draft pick. Now you're talking about transferring to another university because you can't get along with this coach. And you could have got that $500,000, which is which is going to provide you right now. It's a key, it, term, it's a key thing called opportunity cost. Opportunity it, it's cost. called opportunity. Exactly. And then also, going to college, you not you're building a program. You meet connections. Yes, you you get that discipline for life skills. But then now you now you setting you in practice. You hurt your knee. You tore your ACL. Now you're not even on the drive radar no more because you out for a year now. You could. That could I mean, but that league. could happen. That could happen that in the G League too. In the D league, but that could happen in the D League. But now you're already in that. You in that. You you in the exposure of where NBA comes to see you, regardless. You understand? NBA don't come to see you unless unless you got that connection. Yeah, you know. And, um, to, to to do a crossover of what what you was what we were talking about earlier with the major record labels, right? Going to college now is like signing to a major label. You kind of get the recognition. You know, you get Dickie V to talk about you three times a week. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or, or or the ESPN people to talk about you, help build up your brand, help get you these followers, help you know the college craze and stuff like that. And then now. When you're ready to go to the NBA, you got people who already been following you already, kind of thing. Like you, you, you. There is a, a development, right? You kind of get developed in college. They they try to sell you that they develop you for the rest of your life for education, which is, we know, which is a false. But it's really that exposure because it's an established brand that people already know. But to, um, the last question on this topic is to jump into what Mike was saying. College basketball, NCAA, has a name and likeness rule. Is um they're changing so that they're now trying to make it that athletes can benefit off of their name and likeness. For example, yeah. you go to school in Kentucky, there's a big uh 
car dealership in Kentucky who want you to come down and endorse, hey, when I get when I drive a car, I drive Tom Ford's Ford's or whatever, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Or or you know, maybe you could do something with Gatorade on a small scale or 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 whatever, power aid or whatever. So now the NCAA is like, you know what? We thought about it, times have changed, we're gonna let them do that. But everybody knows they're just scared because they're realizing that the gig is up. They've been they've been using people long enough, and now people are just like, "Yo, I don't want this anymore." So, do you think this change is going to make kids say, "All right, you know what? Now that I can make a little money in college, I might go to the college and stay for one or two years because I'm having fun." You know, a lot of the college kids love being around college women. I'll make money for two years, then I make real money in the league. So, do you think that's going to counteract? what the G League is doing. Go ahead, Mike. Let, let's start with Mike. I think, I think it's going to um, slow down the process, right? But if I understand that that um, allowing players to make money off their likeness, that's not just a college basketball thing, right? It's, it's college athletes across the board. Yeah, yeah. I said the NCAA. Okay. Said, so college basketball, yeah. NCAA. Completely. Yeah. So, um, but, not to interrupt you. There's only two revenue generating sports in college: basketball and football. Basketball. Football really makes money for everybody. Basketball really makes money for them to break even. Everything else is is, is donations. Everything else is yeah. money for them. So yeah, a lot of a lot of um, people. I think it's going to be the same group that 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 group that need that money. You know what I'm saying? Out the gate and have that talent and they play ball. They're gonna go to the G League. You know what I'm saying? And get that 500,000. I just think so. They may not want to deal with, like you said, the high, the, the, the big name coach who they might get along with or whatever. So they're going to be like, yo, let me just go over here, stop here, do what I do, and then get drafted. Um, but the, it goes back to Ed O'Bannon with this whole likeness thing because we're talking about like video games and stuff where, where they was able, I'm trying to figure out still how that's going to affect athletes. Um, are they going to get paid now? When the video games, the NCAA 2022, whatever, or the, uh, you know, whatever those video you, games you they see, play with college sports. Thing, the popularity of the NCAA basketball game and even the football game kind of yeah. died because of all of the speculation and not yeah. wanting to pay people and stuff like that. What were you going to say, Claire? I mean, and then, like, less, um, the requirements to play um, in college is kind of high, like, you know, somebody, some a lot of a lot of times, some people are not good test takers. So now you got these ACTs, SATs, and all this on this stuff that some of these high profile athletes they couldn't pass them anyway. Not to say they 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 they, they uh, whatever. You know, some people are not good test takers. So you got all these requirements. Then all of a sudden you go to the university. Then they find out you was taking money in high school. Then all of a sudden you can't play for a year. Now now all of a sudden you stuck at the school and now you've been suspended. For allegations, it's all kind of things when you go to college. If you know you a five-star recruit, it's best to go get the money, and then say if you, if your parent, and make an agreement with your parents. Listen, when I'm, when it's all said and done, I'll go back to college. But you know, like you not listen. Basketball is the only profession where you could come out the gate, see, getting doctor, doctor money or lawyer money straight out out of high school. What profession can you go? Even at the college education, get that kind of money right, right out the gate. 
Think about it. You're, you're right. And, and just like um, we was talking uh, prior prior to the show, our pre-show, you know, you have kids, no regulation for them to make money on internet. Little kid reviewing toys, making tw $10, 20000000 million a year just from reviewing toys, building, building a brand. He don't have to get the NCAA or nobody, no money. That's straight his money. That's straight open market. That's that's America's built off the open market. So I don't know why we choose to use the NCAA to, to decide to like control how people can make money and stuff like that. Making money off the back to people. That's his American, that's his American that's American pie as well. So we're gonna move to the next the next topic, right? And it's professionalism or marriage. A lot of times it's like and you know. I wish we'd have had a woman guest, but you know, so short notice. A lot of times there's a sacrifice between pursuing being a professional or being married and starting a family. And then a lot of times for like high net worth people, you got artists like Drake, Rihanna and stuff like that, where it's just like, it's almost a liability for them to stop and get married, right? Because you build this big brand, of course you want to be loved and stuff like that, but it's just like people don't want to sign a prenup or, or people, you know, people feel like, oh, why should I sign a prenup? And it gets sticky. Money, you know, money makes things sticky. So so we're just going to discuss, you know, what is the, you know, when you're in these situations, is there any, you know, real advantage of getting married or, or, or is it better just to pursue your career and just, live good. You know what I'm saying? We all want to be loved at the end of the day, but we also know how difficult 50% of marriages end in divorces and things of that nature. So let's discuss it. More people are, are foregoing being married and pursuing happiness and vocation. What do you think about that? So the question is, more people are saying, you know what? I don't really need to get married. I love my career. I have a good time. I vacation. I do whatever. Sometimes they have children, but you know, decide just to co-parent and not necessarily be married to the person. Right? Well, what do you think about that? One thing is simple. One thing you can do at any point in your life, and that's essentially getting married, finding somebody that you're in love with, and starting a family. You know, for the most part, you have a larger window on when you can do that, right? Um, certain, and not all, but like certain careers, you have to jump on when you're young, right? You have to get in young or athletic, so to speak. You know, you're not getting into the league in your 30s. That's yeah. usually when your career is winding down. It's a young man's game, right? Yeah. And it's the same sometimes in business. They, they don't trust you, you know, where, where it's like hypocritical too because a lot of times to get in certain companies, they want you to have experience, you know, but you're like, um, I'm 22 years old. I'm fresh out of college. I have no experience. Yeah. Right, it's, you know, so you're gonna give me the job because you believe in me or what? But that's the thing, they 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 like younger employees because you know you can get more out of them in the long run. If they're faithful to the company, they'll be there 10, 15, maybe 20 years or so. Um, so and starting a family during that time, especially for a woman, you know, um, it inhibits the things that they're able to do, you know. Um, having a baby, going on maternity leave, or just, you know, um, starting a family in general, those things tend to distract you and get in the way sometimes of the things that you have to or you need to do um, 
and your business uh, aspirations. So I feel like ultimately uh, a lot of people are choosing to, you know, start families much later in life than they have been in the past. Because in the past, people were getting married and starting families and teens, so to speak. But people realize now they want to get that bag first. They want to get that established and then start the family. Go ahead, Cliff. Um, yeah, to piggyback what Mike was saying, I think, I think, um, I, I honestly, as a married man myself, I don't think there's any benefit to getting married, especially when you have a high profile career, because it's like your window of opportunity, especially when you're a rapper or a singer or whatever, too. You got five to seven good years. That's if you're really high profile. After that, there's a new wave. You know what I'm saying? There's always going to be somebody hotter than Lil Wayne. There's going to be somebody hotter than Drake. You know what I'm saying? And, and Drake is a, is, is a, <laughs> Drake is as big as they high. come right now. But what I'm saying is, you cause you, you if you do want to start a family, you gotta know that woman or man, and they gotta know the sacrifices they're making to be with you. And that's the call of space faith. So signing a prenup, saying not to say I don't love you, but I'm investing everything I worked hard for. So it's not saying that our relationship is gonna start off bad. It's saying that I, I came in this relationship, somebody who was on top already, and I want to keep it that way. But also, I want to make sure that you're good, too, if we do have kids. But, yeah. you know, it, it's no benefit being in a, in a uh, being married or being in a serious relationship if you're really just focused on your career. You should just have fun. You should enjoy life because you can get married at 45 and 50 and be happy. You could be married early. Listen, Grant Hill and Tamia been together forever. And Grant Hill was the one of the athletes that um, they said has never cheated on Tamia. That's that's known from, I listen. That's that's the same from other whole um high profile um women that's in the game. Shawnee O'Neal said that she talked to every mostly all these NBA um wives and the one athlete they that known for a fact Grant Hill. See, Grant Hill tradition. He came from mother and father, and he went to build that. If you a high profile athlete in whatever sport you are, whatever and and the, and the woman's not willing to sign a prenup or the guy's not willing to sign a prenup or whatever it is. It don't have to be sports or entertainment, whatever. You know, you can always start a family later. It's what you want in life. You know what I'm saying? But they got to be realize the sacrifices you're making. Yeah, I being, think being with me is a sacrifice. Yeah. You're not, it's going to be a lot of times I'm not going to be around yeah. because I got to get the money. Yeah. So a, a big thing that, you know, people have to realize this is just like, you know, the prenup, protecting yourself from all that you built and stuff like that you know it's a very tough thing a lot of times and you know not to say that there's a lot of women out there plotting or even men out there plotting but you know it's a come up if you get Drake to 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 give you a baby you know what I'm saying it's a come up if you get one of these high pro athletes put them on child support and stuff like that because of you know them having these you know wild crazy nights and stuff like that so that's why it's like also brings up another aspect of when you're this high profile athlete, physician, professional, do you take the chance of dating someone who's not of the same income or the same level of success with you? Do you take the chance as a high profile person and be like, damn, I seen Shorty on IG. She bad as hell. Her pictures is crazy. But you know what? All she do is make money off her, her name and likeness, but she don't really make money. She just hot. 
and she's looking for a high profile person to kind That's of right. you gotta be a, you gotta be a good judge of character it ultimately comes down to it yeah you enticed by that what you said the ig models and doing this and doing that and not all of them are bad people but ultimately, you know where their focus is, and that's not knocking them for that. Their focus is on their bread. Nobody's going to take care of them but them. So I understand, absolutely, they out there trying to get their bread. Now, if you're thinking about getting to a marriage with one of them or somebody like that, you have to um, be a good judge of character. You meet them. You got to feel them out. You got to speak to them and pick their mind. You can't get all love struck or caught up in the way they do this and that to you. You know what I'm saying, and make a rash decision. Yeah. You got to be smart about it. If I could give anybody advice, I say you gotta you gotta marry someone with a similar ambition as you. They don't. They may not necessarily want to be what you're doing, but they gotta have a passion and an ambition that they bring to the table. Because if you start messing with someone who's just like, oh, I just want to make you happy. I just want to make our life good. Then you're kind of like you become a, a meal plan for a person. You become their nest egg. And if you guys, if you meet someone and you guys decide that that's what you want to do, I'm going to be the breadwinner. You stay at home. I'll take care yeah. of you. That's cool. That's but right. at the same time, you got to also understand that, like, you know, you also have to see, like you said, the judge of character and to see, you know, is it worth it? Is it worth to have someone who's just going to be stay home, dedicated, do our stuff like that? You, you take the risk of losing sometimes. You know what I'm saying? So the next question is, and you kind of you kind of covered this, Mike, is the average age of people getting married is getting later and later. Is this a good thing or not? I, I, I take it as double, right? Because the tough thing is women, as a woman get hold, older, it's harder and harder for them to have a baby. It becomes a high-risk baby, so you kind of risk those things. But at the same time, getting married after you lived your life I think gives you a better chance of the marriage surviving because you understand life more. I think a lot of times we used to be taught to get, oh, find somebody you love, live your life. And then, you know, you people get married at 19 years old. By 25, you're like, damn, I didn't even really live my life. I got two kids now. I'm married. I got the job I don't like. And now you, you're just like looking to escape. And you're still technically a baby, not figuring out life. So what do you think? I'm I feel like I think I think honestly I feel like the best the best age for a person to get married is after 25. Because at least at least at least you give yourself some time to develop especially for a man you give you some time to know what life is about at least you know what I'm saying at 25 if you still doing the same stuff after 25 that's just the person who you are you know what I'm saying but mm -hmm. when you when you get married before then it's like you you you, don't you know yourself you still, you really you, not yourself. even that. Yeah. You're not being honest to yourself because you still doing some of the stuff. You still out there like that. After 25, you could still be out there too. I'm not saying that, but you give yourself a better chance for the marriage to last longer. You know what I'm saying? And then also, you know, get married, marrying young is. It's not saying that marrying young. Same way girls like the girls like to, I mean guys like to test the water and see what's out there. Girls like to do it too. Then they realize, damn, I'm stuck in this relationship, whatever, too. And all it's going to lead is to cheating, both parties. I think so. All it's going to lead is to cheating, both parties. Because now you got married so young, you're, like, you're looking at it like, damn, I still want to do this. I still want to do that. You know, I think at, um, 
after 25 is a good age to get married, even after 30, 32, 30 is a good solid age to get married too. Before then, it's like you, you, you kind of rolling the dice. That's just my opinion. Yeah. What do you think, yeah. Mike? I absolutely agree. Um, like I've stated before on the show, I believe, I know, you know, me and you in discussions, one of the reasons um, my marriage didn't work is because I did it so early. You know, I was way too young. Um, and ultimately it didn't work out because of that. Like Cliff was saying, there was a lot of stuff I was still wanting to do that I didn't get the opportunity to. And I wasn't straight up and real with myself that um, these things were that important to me. You yeah. know what I mean? So ultimately I tried to do them while in a marriage and that's never going to work. So um, you should wait. I think, you know, the long, I don't want to say you wait forever. Everybody's different. Some people can get married in early 20s and be successful and happy. It's not for everybody though. Um, I just think the longer you wait, the more you'll know yourself and you'll know what you're looking for in a partner and the more established that person will be. You see what I'm saying? It's just like finding somebody who's um, accomplished in a way, because you got women out here looking for guys to have this, this, and this, and they don't have half of that. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You gotta give people time to grow. You hit you hit a point so wonderfully that I, that I, I would like to, you know, co-sign. You wait, it's, it's, it's smarter to wait a certain, you know, level of life yourself, because also you get to look at your partner and be like, okay, I'm 27, you 27. What has this person been doing with themselves till the age 27? You know what I'm saying? Because if you when you get married in 1920, y'all both ain't do shit. So you don't know what the potential of, of, of what you guys are able to do. Not saying by 27, you should accomplish everything in the world, but at the same time, you had your you had your years to kind of F up, experiment, do whatever, and then you had your years to grow up and kind of learn from them. By 25, 27, if the person, like Clipper said, hasn't learned from their mistakes, are still doing the same things, haven't grown, then to me, that's a flag for me to be like, you know what? That's not somebody I could build with. If you out here not marrying for someone to build something with, then you're making a mistake. You you asking yourself for a liability. You asking for you asking yourself for making pain. You know what I'm saying? If, if you only marrying because Shorty look cute or the sex is good. That shit drive that well dries up. That well dries up. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care who you are, that well dries up. That sex being good all the time, don't get it twisted. There are people who've been married for a long time, still have healthy sex lives. But at the same time, you could even ask those people with the healthy sex lives. <laughs> that's not, not many. <laughs> but that's not even that's not even on the top five of the list on why they still together. Yeah. I say that's just a nice cherry on the top. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So, see that, that you know, making the best. Of, we're making the best of <laughs> social distancing. But you know, yeah. like, like you, like you guys both said, you know, I, I I do believe you should put more emphasis in developing your career and your professionalism over you know social relationships. You should have both, but at the same time, you also need to establish yourself, be comfortable, know who you are, know where you're going. You know, because when you find that special person, they add to the journey. They become your yeah. navigator. Or sometimes they might even become the person that leads you to that next step. But if you lost 
Now you think you're gonna marry someone and they're gonna make you get on track? That's false. Especially as a man, because women aren't looking for a dude they have to put on track. Because once they feel like they have to direct you, point you to everywhere, kind of become your moms, they lose interest, bro. You become you that's become a, that's a fact. Listen, ain't no woman trying to do build a bear with a man. Yeah. Ain't no woman trying to do build a bear with a man. So if you if you if you do want to get married and um you know, know, know that you're trying to build each other at the same time and, and, and going in the right direction. But, you know, somebody, if, if somebody, me, I've been married since 2014. That's going on six years. I've been with my wife since 22. We 30, she's 35. I'll be 35 Tuesday. We've been together tw um, 12, 13 years now. And trust me, it's a storm. It ain't easy. But I'm <laughs> easy. Still, we got married at 28. What I say is, if somebody like a young couple asks me, I would tell them, "Listen, man, get married if this is what you, if this is what you want to do, and you want to really build with this person. If you know you still got certain ways that you can't fix, and I say marriage fixes that, but you got to, you know, at a certain age, you need to build and, and tolerate certain things." You well, get listen, y'all heard, yeah, I heard this story that um, they was telling Gabrielle Union how she told Steph Curry. And Aisha, when they was younger and they was dating, she was like, guys oh, yeah, should just yeah. break up now. Go <laughs> go do y'all fucking because this ain't going to work. Yeah. But they chose to stay together, you know, even though they was a young couple. They got married. And they... But you get Aisha saying shit like, I wish, I wish people would show me the attention and love like my, my husband yeah. did. She wants Slick Dick Willie away, but she's not going to mess up that kind of bag, though. <laughs> She's not gonna mess up that kind of bag. You would hope not, but you would hope she's that. gotta but stop talking saying, to Gabrielle. But at the same time, <laughs> she, she don't get it twisted. Married people have desires to be desired regardless. Even when you're happy, even when everything's cool, even when you you like sex is good and stuff like that. People, it's in our human nature to want to be desired. But you know what I'm saying? But you 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 make things better when you kind of get those kind of things out of your system or you have experiences to relate to. I always, I always used to tell my nephew-in-law that like, yo, you really don't know what kind of food you like till you went to a buffet. You know what I'm saying? Because once you had that buffet type experience, you had a little of this, you had a little of that, then you kind of know what you like. Same thing, and not to compare women to food, but same thing about those relationships and those experiences. You gotta get dumped. You gotta go for a chick you had no experience, no, you had no chance of getting in, you got. You gotta have those kind of experiences. You also gotta have a chick where it's just like, you know what, I, didn't, I wasn't that attracted to her, but she had so much going on, I said, let me give it a shot. You gotta have those experiences so you can become a level-headed person. I feel like, you know, when you chase this one thing and you get it kind of thing, there's so many what ifs. You know what I'm saying? Like, to be honest with you, and I, I know the Christians who listen are gonna be against me, but it's just like, in this day and age, it doesn't make sense to get married as a virgin. You know what I'm saying? It leaves a lot to be desired. Imagine you a woman, you waited till your 30s, never had sex, 35 years old, you marry a guy, and he's terrible. He's terrible well, today. You can't, know you can't say that at that point. Can you if you if if you never had it, how can you say whether it's terrible or great, right? Because guess what? <laughs> you know, you know, you know what feels good, you know what feels right. You in it, it's just like that's why when women say this dude doesn't know that he's bad in bed, 
I don't believe it. I just feel like a dude just feel like, yo, my ego is not going to let me acknowledge that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but when, 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 it, when, um, to, when it comes to that is, it's more like, you know, you really never know if you, you really doing a great thing because when the person's in love with you, care about you, they're not going to bruise your confidence. So sometimes, sometimes, yeah, marrying a virgin is, 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 is something that is definitely not a plus to me. I feel like you should have, you should have a, a experience, a sexual experience before you get married because you got to know what you're dealing with. If, you're, if that's the first person you like, damn, maybe, damn, this is what I waited for, it, it, it might push you to cheating. Because yeah. <laughs> that's your first encounter. And then, you know, your first encounter, you, every, when you have, listen, when you, when you, when you engage with somebody, you get in that connection. Your first experience, you might be like, oh, it was crazy, whatever, too. You still got to learn that body. You still got to learn. But even, that yeah, that's what I'm saying. If, if they've never done it before, they can't just ultimately say, oh, this person was so bad. How you know it wasn't you? Maybe you was the one that was bad because you don't know what you was doing. Yeah. So that's, that's why I say, you know, they can't really judge it if they've never done it themselves. You know what I mean? But you, you know what feels good and what don't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, it never feels good the first time, at least for women, so I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> it's more painful than anything. So, yeah. so to, to to move the conversation along, we kind of discussed this briefly, but to get more in depth, can prenups ruin a marriage or protect both parties? You know what I'm saying? What do you guys think? I, I think I think a prenup for a mature person, they're like sure, they're like sure whatever, because a lot of times they're like yo, I got my own thing stuff like that. It's when someone brings an imbalance into the situation, right? Like you'll never hear a woman, even even if a woman's a millionaire, right? Even if a dude's a millionaire and a woman makes six figures and she's good and stuff like that, he said a prenup, she'll be like, sure, I got my own shit. I know how to make money, da da da, whatever. I love you for you kind of stuff like that. It's sometimes when it's an imbalance where it's just like, hold on. Part of the reason why I want to be with you is because you're gonna provide for me and you're gonna give me this lifestyle. You're telling me that if things don't work out, you're going to put me back to where I was before you. Now I'm not signing up for it. A prenup, a prenup is not going to ruin a marriage, first of all, if the two parties are truly in love and it's written properly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If it's because written outlandishly. A prenup should <laughs> give you something to leave you comfortable. But I shouldn't have to get bankrupt for the prenup. You know what I'm saying? I mean, a, a, prenup, a prenup is just... Is a prenup is just saying, listen, what we went into, we getting this. Hey, <laughs> what we went into, what I had, I had, and what you had, you had. And if we got kids, we make it work. If, if that's not fair, then what is? But but that's not a hundred percent fair. Only because you got to think about it. Say, say, it's tough. Say if you marry marry a up and coming artist, right, and stuff like that. You a big dog. She, she was a background singer, stuff like that. Y'all get married, boom, you sign a prenup. Now, part of the marriage, you made her stay at home. She couldn't pursue her acting career no more. She couldn't sing her singing career. She couldn't do stuff like that. Her opportunity course was, she, she don't know what her career could have been. But because you guys got married and said, this is the lifestyle we live. So she needs to leave that coach. She need, if the marriage don't work out, she has to leave compensated somehow because she forego, she forget, she foregone part of her career. She foregone her, her chances to make money. So I don't believe in a prenup that says you can't mingle with one suitcase, you leave with one suitcase. 
But at the same yeah, time, yeah. I'm worth $1.4 billion. The prenup that I would sign you? with a woman is I'm going to give you $200 million if we don't work out. Now, people will be like, oh, no, that's fair. No, that's not fair. She deserves $750 million. No. $200 million, you're going to be good. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be good, and that's fair. It should be fair. Prenup should be fair and not necessarily gulging. And I think a lot of times you don't sign a prenup. It's gouging. That's the thing. It's gouging a lot of times, especially when you, when you talk about the children and the child support is gouging. These, these women with these outrageous uh, child support orders saying uh, they want $50,000 a month to take care of these kids. What child do you know needs that kind of money? Mike, Mike, let me tell you something. Mike. A grown, listen, $50,000 a month, grown men don't need that, okay? With all <laughs> no. his books, he, don't, he don't need that. If you need $50,000 a month for uh, what you call it, to survive in, in anything, whatever, your lifestyle's too high. So mm -hmm. when the court does that, that's just being malicious. Now I just had to pay yeah. that to Khalees at one point. Insane. Insane. And, and, and she, and, and, you know, she came in with money. She didn't come in with Nas money, but she came in with money. You know what I'm saying? That's why it's tough. So this is the, the last question on the topic is, is it worth it to get married if you're rich? So what? Say it again. Is it worth it to get married if you're rich? Is it worth to get married if you're rich? Yeah. I don't. I don't see the benefit, but you know, <laughs> companionship, a partner. Wait, how about get a throttle? Huh? <laughs> I say you have a throttle, so then at least you can switch it up a little bit. Exactly. I don't. I don't. I don't see. I don't. I don't see. Is I don't see the benefit. I think this. I think this. It's. And this is gonna sound crazy, right? Because we always judge women for saying that. But I feel like you should only get married to someone who can lose as much as you can lose if you don't work out. Erica, come in. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times you marry someone and and all the risk is on you. None of the risk is on them. You know what I'm saying? So I can see you. We can. So we can. Oh. <laughs> My bad, y'all. Um, yeah. um, so, um, so I, I also feel like you should get married if if both parties, you know, stand at risk to lose. If, you know so if, 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 like, if you worth a billion dollars, a couple hundred million dollars, yeah. you marry someone and, you know, like you said, what they bring to the table is just, they're just looking to be taken care of and you kind of like, there's no real true benefit but just love. Love is not enough. Love is, love is not enough. You know what I'm saying? So, because we only got five minutes, we're going to go through this last topic kind of fast, right? So, the, the mm. last topic is high-profile women. Like, we were talking about like, you know, these IG models and stuff like that who's just like, you know, they they're in the limelight. Men love them. Men men men. I don't want to say men love them. Men fantasize about them. Men fetish fetish these women and stuff like that. Do you have what it takes for that to be your woman? You know what I'm saying. So first question is, can you date a woman who's a high profile like Bernie Bogos or Rosa Acosta, where it's just like so much of their image 
We sexualize delicious. I mean, it's all about how in, how secure are you as a person, right? Like, even listen, you're gonna have some insecurities if 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 your if your woman got a million followers on on IG and then and. 900, 980,000 is mostly men. You're going to have some kind of insecurities in that relationship. But you got to know when you when you was courting that woman, that woman was bringing that to the table. So it's all about how you secure as a person. If you look at it like, you know what? I'm going to rock out with this. You know, I'm going to trust her and, and, and give her that value. Then then it's cool. But if you know that you can't handle it, don't, don't, don't deal with a situation like that. Because all you're going to do is give yourself a headache. Next thing you know, you're doing stuff out of character. You know what I'm saying? So it's not worth it. My thing is, I'm only dealing with her if she's doing stuff that I can respect. You know, um, I know you got these chicks now on IG. They're doing more than just dancing and showing <laughs> their ass. And they're doing some stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, if she's taking it to that extent, because, you know, the fan pages need a little bit more than what you put on your regular IG or whatever. Um, so it's a matter of, do I respect what she's doing? Do I understand why she's doing it? To, with the things that she did to get those million followers? You know what I mean? If I'm okay with that, then I can be okay with her. But um, that, that's what it's all about, you know? To me, it's tough. Like you said, I respect you getting your money, you getting your chicken and stuff like that. Like, you know, I use Bernice Burgos and, and um, Rosa Costa very sexy women and stuff like that, but they kind of, they do have a little line that they draw. There's these only fan, deep level, every picture is just cross shots and look at my look at my stuff and like zoom in kind of stuff like that. You know me, who um, Sharice Mills is, right? Sharice, Sharice Mills, that's one I follow now. I'm not on her fan page, but basically from what I hear on her fan page, she's fucking herself. Like, you know, everybody serves a purpose in this world. Maybe that's their purpose. Maybe that's, you know, their, their gift to the world kind of thing. As a man to me, especially a man of my age, you know, to me, it's kind of tough because I kind of, it's not that I care about what everybody thinks, but at the same time, I kind of need my woman to kind of be a reflection of me and my value. You know what I'm saying? So if, if, if the way a woman carries herself is not a reflection of my values and, 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 and what I, I want in my life, it's it's hard for me to like, don't get it twisted. I follow these people just like everybody else follow. I look, I like or whatever and stuff like that. But at the same time, I don't think that's a reflection of who I want on my arm. So the next question is, they say you want a, a woman in the streets and a freak in the bed, but can you date a freak in the streets Oh, and a woman who carries herself extremely sexy, like some of these, you know, more than more than twerking and 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 show you their crotch kind of stuff like that. And only fan type can can if, if that's how how the person you're choosing to date carries themselves. Like you know, y'all go out to eat. Her breasts is, forget sexy. It's like beyond sexy. It's almost like lingerie because there's a new kind of trend where. Women wear like lingerie type stuff to the club and out and stuff like that. Can you date someone who leaves little to the imagination when you guys are out and about? Uh, when we're out together or yeah. when they go out by themselves? When you're out together, out by themselves? No. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to be with a woman who dresses a certain way 
Um, I and I know, not out there, what I know we're going to get killed for that. People are going to get killed for that. But at the same time, mm -hmm. I'm old enough to be like, yo, that's not how I want my woman to be. Because I feel like, I feel like you can dress sexy and, you know, keep it classy at the same time. Exactly. You don't I, have to I, be overly sexy where, like, you can't even move in certain positions because your tip might pop out. Or you can't I, bend I, down I, because your whole ass is showing, you know? Yeah. What are you going to say, Cliff? I feel like, you know, if, if if the woman doesn't show enough respect that she's in a relationship, you know, even even with her parents, then they she shouldn't be she shouldn't be with you, period. She gotta listen, at the end of the day, it's different when you out there courting people and you still out there. But if you're in a relationship, you should know what's gonna be respectful and still classy enough to make yourself feel good and make yourself a significant other also feel confident at the same time, which is very important. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got to put it all out there if you're, in a, if you're in a steady, happy relationship. You can still put it out. If you got it, you got it regardless. Yeah. So, I, so the last question is, can you date a woman who posts very racy pics on Instagram and, and Facebook? And I mean, like, you know, it don't necessarily have to be complete, you know, nudity, but it's just like very crazy or like, this is what I'm doing tonight and put like, a cucumber in her mouth kind of thing or simulate sex acts and post it that's the fun kind of thing can you can you date someone like that i could definitely date him because that's what we're going to do is date but you know I me mean? <laughs> you know it's not gonna go nowhere else. date date for to become something you know what i'm saying listen bro uh probably not i can't i mean this is the thing it's hard for me, especially somebody in my position. I got a daughter who's 17 years old, about to be grown. Like, if I'm dating somebody and my daughter sees her IG and that's the type of stuff she's doing, then I tell my daughter, I don't want to see you doing this type of stuff, you know, but daddy likes women who do this type of stuff. It's just too hypocritical for me. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it now. I, I, I could have a... You can have a good time. And, right, you know, I can have a good time. Yeah. But to say that that's going to be somebody I'm going to build the future with, I, I, don't, I don't really think so. What, what about you, Cliff? Um, to piggyback what Mike's saying, yeah, I, I, can, I can have a good time with you, but I'm not going to take you serious. You ain't going to be the person I'm like, all right, yeah, this is what it is. We're going to have a good time. We're going to keep it moving, and that's it. Yeah. You know? I can yeah. never take you to that level. Like I said, you know, let me, I close off by saying this, you know, I'm not this old school person. I understand things are progressive, things, independent women and things, get it, dress and dress how you feel. But at the same token, just understand, I am always going to show you respect, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I want you to be on my side. You got it all that way. You know what I'm saying? Somebody going to love you. You know what I'm saying? Someone, someone's going to marry you and stuff like that. It just don't got to be me. You know what I'm saying? It could be the next person. You know what I'm saying? So that's that. So that's another good episode, you know. Shout out to everybody who's following us. Everybody give their shout out before yeah. we talk about. Um, Yo, go ahead, Claire. Go ahead. Now, I'm just going to say shout out to everybody that's um, still holding it down in this quarantine, man. Stay strong. Don't be jumping out the windows. We had a couple of nice days. This was a nice weekend, the weather and everything like that. Keep practicing social distancing, um, you know, because, listen, the summer's coming. Let's just be safe now. And maybe we'll actually be able to really enjoy it come summertime. Um, thanks for all the fans, all those that follow us. Keep tuning in, you know. 
Shout out, um, just, just, just um, shout out to everybody like uh, who's follow us, who, who's been following the podcast for years and stuff. What you call it? And um, stay safe. That's all. Oh, one more, one more thing too. Those who wanna have some fun and do a little gambling, come to at Nunu underscore Nels Casino. We gambling, <laughs> we spinning that wheel. Come on, IG, have some fun with us. Cool, cool. I just wanna say happy early birthday to. Cliff Rock Banal. His birthday is Cinco de Mayo. Big salute to him. Cinco de Mayo. The, the big three five, you know, and <laughs> the birthday. You know, I also want to say, you know, shout out to everyone who's like Mike said, practicing social distancing. Shout out to our first responders. Shout out to those who are essential workers who, who are pretty much out here risking their lives and, and don't get the credit that they deserve. We thank you. We salute you. You allow us to live the life that we're living and continue to live the life that we're living. So I appreciate that. You know, like 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 Mike was saying, social distancing. Don't let the fact that they're opening things back up make you go back and act a fool. You can still get sick. You can still, you know, it can still affect you. You can still die. It's crazy. Mike brought this up before we. Um, I don't know if you said it during the show. Before the show, Georgia has a thousand new cases since they opened opened back up. You know what I'm saying? And just think about it. Georgia has space, even though certain places are tight. Us in New, us in the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, where we are heavy populated, we don't have that liberty. Don't let that nice weather fool you. Some of you are going to die exposed to this. Not everyone's going to survive COVID. People are dying for reasons. Be safe. Put your mask on. Wear your gloves. Don't hang out and chill amongst people. Keep space. No parties. Get out. You know? <laughs> we out. Peace. We out. Fun.